This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network with a look at markets. I'm Randy Conan. South American weather forecast got the attention of traders this week. Abbott Futures analyst Preston Zacharias says Brazil's soybean planting progress is the focus right now. The strange thing, I guess, I would, I would say is, you know, if we've got a problem in the soybeans in the South American side of things, um, that dominoes down to the corn as well so if they you know they were about nine percent behind in planting in soybeans down there and uh what happens is the safrina crop gets pushed back and their window uh for the second crop corn gets uh too short and they run out of water on the tail end of that crop so i actually think the corn story from south america is a little bit bullish but uh nobody wants to play that game right now and Zacharias says, like markets usually do, they overshoot the market first one way, then the other. USDA expects wheat and corn prices see year-over-year declines. USDA Outlook Board Chair Mark Jekinowski says the average wheat price is estimated at $7.20 per bushel. That's $1.63 lower than last year. Pretty sharp year-over-year uh, -year declines. Production is up, but... Uh, also, exports continue to be historically low. The U.S. Is, has not been very competitive in export markets lately, and um, we're at a, about a 50-year low in terms of our exports. So with higher production and relatively lower global demand for U.S. wheat, that's been uh, pressuring prices. And the corn market will be pressured by this season's record large The market prices are, are low. We can see that in the futures markets and the cash prices that farmers are, are receiving right now. And right now, as of November, we're uh, forecasting $4.85 per bushel, so down about almost $1.70 from last year. U.S. soybean processors crushed a record amount of soybeans in October. The National Oilseed Processors Association, or NOPA, the November report says soybean processors crushed a record 189.8 million bushels in October. That's 15% more than September. The October crush topped the previous all-time high of 186.4 million bushels, which was set in December 2021. Corn Belt Marketing Market Analyst Sam Hudson said the livestock market continues to see a lot of volatility. Kind of like a almost like a go-around of, of last go-around here before the cattle on feed report. And so uh, took a lot of premium off that. We've seen uh, funds continue to just um, provide a big exodus in the market. In fact, uh, feeder cattle position is, is around even, if not even short, um, by outside money. And so I think we're going to need to see strength in the cash market, another surge there before we see um, you know, the, the tide turn again. And so fundamentally, we haven't changed anything here in the short term. Um, we've seen some placement numbers. Obviously, last month were a little higher than expected. Uh, we'll see if those numbers come in. Progressive ag marketing market analyst Brian Stroman said the cattle market is seeing some short covering. We had a pretty good uh, first part of the trade uh, this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We gave a lot of gains back on Thursday and and uh, a better day today. But, you know, we were sharply lower yesterday uh, and we saw some early follow-through selling today. The cash market looks maybe to be 3 to $4 uh, lower and the export sales were <clears throat> were poor again this week. So that added some weakness. But, again, I think we're seeing some short covering you look at the feeders, uh, again, same story there, some early follow-through selling, but uh, the cattle firmed and corn's lower and feeders aren't having a bad day. Uh, lean hogs, very close to unchanged. We've traded there the last couple of days. 
uh, increasing weights and poor export numbers this week, uh, certainly adding some pressure to the downside, but more stability in the cash index is offering some support. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. While the rest of the world is still asleep, the local cafe is coming to life. The coffee's on, the rolls are in the oven, and the regulars are coming in to claim their tables, just like clockwork. Everyone knows that you best be on time or risk paying the price. Even Jack from Choice Bank down the street. All right, all right. Coffee's on me. When it comes to choosing a banker, find someone you'd want to grab a coffee with. Choice Bank, top North Dakota ag bank for 10 years running. Thanks to the American farmer for putting food on the plate, clothes on our back, and fuel in our tank. Your work is measured in acres, not hours. The Red River Farm Network is here to deliver farm news, markets, and weather information to the best farmers in the business. From Rugby to Benson and Roseau to Aberdeen, the Red River Farm Network covers agriculture. Go online to rrfn.com to find your local Red River Farm Network radio station. Podcasts are also available online at rrfn.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. On a vote of 336 to 95, the U.S. House of Representatives passed a continuing resolution to keep the government funded through the end of the fiscal year Tuesday. James Callan Associates President Jim Callan says the continuing resolution includes a farm bill extension. It does include the farm bill extension. The farm bill, the current farm bill, 2018, would be extended through this fiscal year and that ends September 30 of 2024. With the Senate also passing the continuing resolution, it puts the farm bill debate smack dab in the middle of election year politics. It sure does. I mean, i hard-pressed to see a scenario where the farm bill is considered beyond the first half of the year, uh, given the, the primary calendar and the presidential elections and other elections going on, at least of which would be Congress, too. So it's going to be difficult. Uh, the four corners of ag, House and Senate ag majority minority, the, the four leaders came out with, with a statement indicating that, uh, you know, they support the extension, of course, and will still want to work on a new farm bill um, in 2024. North Dakota Farmers Union President Mark Watney is worried that a lot of the work put into livestock program advocacy may be lost in the farm bill timeline. Well, in our world, it's, it's a little bit of a good news, bad news scenario. The good news is, is we have some predictability in what farmers and ranchers will be able to sign up for next year. And, of course, it'll be very similar uh, as it was simply extension. Uh, the bad news is is that we, you know, we did a lot of work to see some enhancements to ARC and PLC reference prices. And we did some work on, a, a you know, a, a double opt-in option that allowed you to select both. Um, we did a, quite a bit of work on maintaining crop insurance and the livestock programs that were developed. So, we're hoping that doesn't get lost in the time frame that we've shifted down to when we'll have that dialogue again. So, you know, now we're up uh, against uh, when will they come back to it and when will we get an opportunity to, again, push some of our concepts to enhance the program. Watney's hoping a farm bill will be passed before elections take priority. My optimism is telling me that we should really get at it right after the first of the year. But my realistic view is they're still fighting over budget reconciliation stuff. They've got a couple of things they didn't pass. So come February, they're going to have to deal with all that again. Personally, I would challenge them that, you know, sometimes forget about elections and get to governing because, you know, this delay tactic is just not real beneficial. So, you know, you get elected, you should govern at some point in time. So I'm hopeful that's what happens. Probably the realist is that it'll be maybe the summer of next year 
and hopefully we get far enough along so that we can pass it before we're looking at extending it again. And the U.S. Department of Commerce made a recent decision to significantly lower duties placed on phosphate fertilizers imported from Morocco. National Corn Growers Association Director of Public Policy for Trade and Biotechnology, Nancy Martinez, says the tariffs reduced import rates from 19.97% to 2.12%. So a couple of years ago, there was a domestic company that alleged subsidies were happening with some um, imports of phosphate. One of the countries that issue was Morocco. Um, so at the time, commerce put a pretty hefty duty on those Moroccan imports um, at 19.97%. Um, NCGA has been very vocal um, with expressing the concerns of farmers about this high rate and what it's been doing to fertilizer prices across the country. Um, and recently, we've had some action and activity in the Commerce Department. Commerce was directed to um, review those duty rates, and as part of the process, they actually um, reduced them as a result of this administrative review <clears throat> from 19.97% down to 2.12%. Martinez hopes this change will provide savings to farmers while giving them better access to scarce inputs. Sure, and that's what, you know, the primary reason why NCGA has been very vocal about this. Um, so fertilizer is 30 to 40 percent of input costs for farmers. So that's a substantial chunk um, of what they have to factor in with those inputs. Um, specifically for phosphate, phosphate prices have increased over 230 percent when we look at the period of 2020 to 2022. Um, so those price increases um, are obviously not sustainable. And we know that when there are additional duties placed on imports, that does not help prices. And former North Dakota Grain Growers Association Executive Director Dan Wogsland is the 2023 NDSU Harvest Bowl Agribusiness Award recipient. Wogsland farmed for 27 years and served 16 years in the North Dakota legislature. Before retiring earlier this year, Wogsland spent 19 years in leadership with the North Dakota Grain Growers Association. And that's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. From weather and marketing to research and business management, you'll find valuable information at the Prairie Grains Conference, December 13th and 14th in Grand Forks. A great speaker lineup, breakout sessions, and a trade show. The Prairie Grains Conference, Wednesday and Thursday, December 13th and 14th in Grand Forks. Registration is required for your meal ticket. The deadline for registration, November 28th. Details can be found at mnwheat.org. Imagine this. You gather a stadium full of farmers, step up to the podium, and tell them about your business. What would that be worth to you and your company? This is Don Wick from the Red River Farm Network. We fill that stadium every day with some of the most progressive-minded, forward-thinking farmers and ranchers around the world. Find out how the Red River Farm Network can carry your message to farmers and ranchers. We're the Red River Farm Network, and we're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. National Weather Service Grand Forks meteorologist Jacob Spender says the weather pattern will stay on the drier side throughout the weekend before cooler temperatures move into the region. So just taking a look at the weekend, we're kind of looking at a dry but warm pattern setting up across the area. So we're looking at temperatures in the upper 40s to lower 50s with the warmest temperatures in the southern Red River Valley and then dry conditions across the area. 
Um, the pattern does change, though, as we get into early next week. Now, Monday will most likely be our last warm day for a while. We'll, we'll see temperatures in the 40s and low 50s once again. But then we'll start to introduce more systems into the area. So there will be a chance for some precipitation by the afternoon and evening hours. And then that will continue into the overnight on Monday. Spender says Tuesday will bring more winter-type weather. Now getting into Tuesday, we'll start to usher in all that colder air, uh, finally getting into the area. So we'll start to see temperatures drop down, and it will be breezy across the region with uh, winds sustained around 25 miles per hour, gusting up to 35 miles per hour at times for Tuesday and again on Wednesday. And it's almost a reversal. We've been above normal across the area for pretty much the last couple of days. But by Tuesday and Wednesday, we'll switch it and we'll actually go below normal for a little bit um, as we're getting into the middle to later portions of the new work week. Alton Grain Terminal Grain Department Manager Corey Tryon says farmers are close to wrapping up harvest. We're probably down to the last 10%. You know, I'd say by the end of the week here, you know, weekend, we'll be pretty well wrapped up. They're getting some field work done, you know, obviously, on the stuff that's been done few soybean fields are still picking away at those. The moisture took till about a day or two ago to get the moisture down. But yeah, otherwise you could pretty well say we're done. Tryon says rail logistics has been a little slower than usual with the compressed harvest pace. You know, it's been uh, been a lot of cars sitting around. You know, values have been jumping up and down. Uh, yeah, there's two, three days we can't take rain until the next shuttle arrives. And it's a shuttle that uh, should have arrived. <laughs> they're, I would have to say they're probably about three to five days later than a typical fall. Columbia Grain Arvilla, North Dakota location grain merchandiser Tyler Stegman says area farmers are making good harvest progress. We've had a really good weather window here and uh, guys are seeing the end, if not just finishing up. So it's, it's been really good. Those are still dumping in the 18s for our average off the field, so yeah, 18 to 20. Everybody's very happy. There's a lot of uh, full bins in the countryside, so uh, everybody's got the, the same problem, right? Uh, find a place to store it. And harvest continues along in the tri-state area of North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota. Dwayne Bossy says harvest is taking a long time. Yeah, we planted our corn kind of late back home. We were a little bit wet, and uh, but that wetness I can't argue with because it, it saved us, I think, during the summer when we did get a little drier. Yields are good. Uh, the weather's beautiful this week, so honestly there's really no place I'd rather be than out here taking some more corn off. But, uh, yeah, I got a full week and then maybe a few more days after that for us to go. But yields are good um, because of that moisture we had, so I can't complain. It's just the moisture of the corn has been coming off a little higher than we like, you know, around that 21% has been a lot of it, and that just takes time to dry. So it's a lot of drier speed stuff. Elevators are backed up, which is a good thing for the community as well. And Bossy says fall weather has not been ideal for getting the corn to dry down. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Every livestock farmer knows they can't control the weather. Recent growing seasons have shown rain can be hard to come by at times. Now you can add protection with a pasture rangeland forage policy through Egg Country Farm Credit Services. PRF policies help protect you against future yield losses caused by a lack of rain. Better yet, they're customizable and can cover hay and pasture acres. To learn about a PRF policy, contact your local Egg Country office today.
The stories that matter to you and your bottom line matter to us. We've had a little ridge of high pressure, say a little upward bump in the jet stream. So if you're an investor 